Welcome to another episode of the Breaking In Podcast with Arvel Chappelle. And Gary Kleiman. I like it how you chime in like that. So this week, you know, we're going to talk about something a little bit different. Arvel, why don't you tell us a little bit about, yeah, what you want to disclose. So progress report. Uh, this is the second week in January 2016. Um, we got a casting director. So I sent out a cold email. Martine is the woman who's been helping me out. She sent me a bunch of names. I said, Arvel, you should look at this casting director. She's done a bunch of big movies, and I think she'd be a good fit for the project. So I looked her up, looked at her uh, stuff she's done before, and said, yeah, okay, we'll send her an email. So I sent her an email. She responded right away and watched the trailer, watched some of the flying videos I have on my website. And she's like, yo, I like this movie. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm there with you in the airplane. And I I really dig the Antoine Ross story. So she wanted to be a part of it. So uh so yeah, she's on board. Casting director, for those of us who don't know. Yeah, so a casting director is the person that finds the cast for the film. So they're like a, they're an artist in a way because they read the script, interpret it and say who is the, the team, the actors that are going to make this vision come alive. So that's what a casting director does. So they, they, they curate the actors for the film. Perfect. Okay, so back to your three, your three phases, your three things. Yeah, so we're in three simultaneous like things or are, are, are areas of production at, at the moment. We're in pre-production, production, and development. <laughs> at the same time because we're in development because we're talking to studios, production companies about the film, seeing if they're interested in, in, in producing it. We're in production because we're still actively shooting. You know, I'm, I'm, what I'm shooting right now for the film are all the aerials. And because for one, I like to fly. And for two, it's a big risk reduction for the film because prior to, to starting this project, the one thing I hadn't done was shoot a lot of aerials let alone shoot a lot of aerials to try to simulate flight. The stuff we're shooting now are a lot of the point of view, flying stuff, which I don't need a cast for. And then also some of the exteriors of the plane in the air through flight. We're shooting a lot of that stuff now. So we're knocking out, I told you we, we have a schedule. We're actually knocking out scenes now for the film. So, um, so yeah, so I have a meeting tomorrow with a, a pilot and a cinematographer to go over shots for the next round of shooting. So there's a lot going on, a lot of moving pieces. So we're, we're, we're pretty busy right now. So this is the, of the three things, this is the production side, right? You're actually doing the production side. That's the production the side. The aerials. Okay. So on these aerials, tell us a little bit more about how you're capturing them. Well, so that's what I want this whole episode to be about is about the, uh, making uh, the teaser trailer. So the teaser trailer has been out on the web now for about a month and a half to maybe two months. And I get a lot of questions about how I, I came about to do that. And, you know, people who've been following me on the web have seen a lot of my drone videos. So people are like, wow, that's good drone footage. And, and yeah, that's cool and all that. So I wanted to spend some time today to talk about how I came about making that teaser to try to demystify a bit of the process. I think what would be interesting is, is deconstructing it, even from the very beginning. So 
I know there's drone footage and I know there's other kinds of footage in there aside from drone footage. Um, so I don't know, whatever tickles your fancy as far as, you know, you shot the drone footage yourself, yeah. meaning you had to buy a drone, meaning you had to kind of learn how to fly a drone right. and, and kind of get accustomed to what would be good shots or bad shots, I'm assuming, with a drone. So I don't know, flow with that. Okay, well, let's, let's, okay, so let's take a step back because I hate it when I hear people say, this was filmed with the drone. Like you'll see, it's such a buzzword right now. So you'll see like uh, articles on the web, blog posting where they're like, check out this drone footage of Russia or of anywhere in the world, this, this drone footage or on CNN, there is a joke about it even. They're like, check out the drone footage. And they kept saying drone you know, 50 million times in 30 seconds. And it's like, who cares that it's shot with the drone? You know, if it was shot with the crane, it could look the same. And no one would say it was shot with the crane or if it's shot with the helicopter, nobody's gonna say it's shot with the helicopter. Or if it's shot with on a camera on a wire or a camera strapped to a pigeon, it's like, who cares? <laughs> who cares the method of how it was shot? It's more about what does that shot mean? What is it? What does it do psychologically to the viewers who are watching it? So that's the kind of stuff that excites me. So so anyway, so let's start start from the top. The, the the teaser, the writing of the teaser, it all came from the feature film. Those lines that are in the teaser are actually lines in the script. So even the fact of shooting that teaser, we knocked out at least three or four scenes in the film just shooting it just getting the aerials for the teaser the important thing for me in making the teaser was not to give away the plot of the film if you watch it you don't really understand the plot of the film but what you do get are the themes of the film and to any person making a film that's why it's so hard for directors or writers to talk about movies because the reason why we do it is because of the theme and not necessarily the plot so when someone says okay, what is your movie about? What it's about for us are the themes. So the theme in this film is flying. It's, it's escaping your problems in life through flight. Uh, flight is an allegory for perseverance in life in the film. So if someone asks me what the film's about, that's what the film's about for me. And it's similar to any other director. It's funny, I was listening to a uh, radio show on KCRW, I can't remember the name now. I think it was The Treatment. And they were interviewing F. Gary Gray, who made a Straight Outta Compton film. And they asked him the same question, what is the film about? And he gave this very uh, generic answer. I think he said it's about how some guys uh, take over the world through their music. And then the host of the show started laughing. And then F. Gary Gray said the same thing I just said now, is that the film, it's hard for a director or a writer to talk about their film because to them, they do it for the theme. That's what's important. That's why you write it. That's what keeps your energy going. So anyway, um, the theme of the film, like I said, is perseverance. Flight is used as an allegory for perseverance in life. So I wanted you to get that right away. So the elements of, the, of it are the writing, the music, the obviously the visuals, and the editing pace and, and so forth. So if we start with the music, the music I actually pulled for a different project. I usually get, uh, for that project, I got my music from Opus One Music Library. Uh, that's where I license a lot of my music for 
for you know the commercials or the the corporate videos I've done in the past. I would get it from Opus One because we didn't have a budget to like hire a composer for smaller stuff. So anyway, so I went to Opus One, looked through their music library, uh, pulled the music. This was not for this project. This for a different project. And I happen to keep anytime I pull music, I keep all of it because I never know if I could use it for something else later. And that's kind of how this this track came about, because I pulled it for another project, but didn't use it for that project. Went through my uh, hard drive looking for a track for this and it just stood out. And the reason why it stood out is because it has an ominous feel to it. You know, if I was more rehearsed in music, I could tell you why that particular frequency of sounds causes us to feel this impeding doom or this 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 ominous negative tension but for some reason that track just has that and it's a rock track it's an electric guitar and it 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 symbolizes the 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 seriousness or the thickness or the the oppression that Antoine has to go through so you hear that from jump right away and it gives you it gives the audience a mood because if you if you look at it the first image that you see is actually of a bird flying through the sky and that's not an ominous sign unless it's like a vulture or something and it's not in this case it's like a pigeon but that's a peaceful image but you don't feel peaceful you feel this tension because of the music so music and film uh, conveys emotion course there's a lot of other things that convey emotion but music is the way you get it quickly and cheaply so that's what that's what that uh that's why i chose that music because i wanted it to to really amp up the tension that that you feel by watching it so let me ask you this question how long did it take you to pick that track because i'm sure lots of tracks can convey the same sort of message and you know along the same lines have you gotten better and quicker at picking tracks versus when you first started? This time around, I once I found that track, I knew it was it. Just done. Yeah. Okay. It was so done. A one day task. Yeah, it was one day. Okay. And, and doing it from because I remembered because I had that the music was probably aside from the script for the teaser, the music was the second thing I had even before I finished shooting it. So I knew what the music was right away. Holy cow. Okay. So you shoot, you think about the music first and then the video? Not necessarily. Because it seems counterintuitive for somebody who's not in the industry like myself. I'm like, oh my God, I want to shoot the fit. I want to shoot the visuals first and then matching the audio to the visuals. And, and you're talking about the reverse. Well, yeah. If you're talking about a film, usually the music's done close to the end. Wow. Wow. See? I had no clue. But. I will say that everybody works differently. So I've heard of, of some screenwriters having like music playing as they're writing the film. And that music will inform the rest of the production of the film. You know, so like it could be a million different ways. Got so it. in this case, I just happened to have that from another project and it stuck with me. I'm like, ooh. I like this music. So then I had it. I had it soon after. I had the script first, obviously, and then I had the music, and then I was just shooting after that. Okay, okay. Hey, shooting it from scratch. Yeah, shooting it from scratch. I mean, I mean, or composing it, I should rather say. Um, you've Com done that before? The, the music? 
No, this music I didn't compose. No, 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 no. I, I got it. But you said that you like doing it from scratch. You yeah. would prefer doing it from scratch. Right. Have you done that? Yes. I've okay. done that on a, a few films. That seems crazy. You know, especially if you're not, you know, a musician yourself. Like how, how do you, how do you, how does that process work? So how do, well, you get a composer, huh. you get a composer and then you find stuff that you want in terms of mood, similar stuff. So you just find other cues, whether it's from a different music. Every every music piece you hear in a film is called a cue. So you go find different cues, different places, and you go say uh, listen, uh, give that to your composer, and then they kind of have an idea of what it is you want. So it's the same way you collaborate with everyone on, on in a film. There's everyone has their different expertise and specialty. So. You just have to figure out a way to communicate with that person. Fantastic. So this is this called scoring? This is called scoring, yeah. Okay, scoring. Yeah. So, okay, you've picked your music now. What comes next for your teaser trailer? Uh, it was about assembling the shots. So in the, in, in the teaser trailer script, he's talking about the freedom of flying like what it is that it means to him. And you're seeing the visuals as if you're flying with him is from his point of view of him flying. So, and if you notice something, it's not, you don't see any like propellers in that shot. There's no propeller. So it's not from the point of view of an airplane flying. This is really point of view of Antoine flying. So it's really psychological in that, in that regard. And I don't, you know, so, so it's, it's of him flying. So, um, yeah, it's like his consciousness. You're, right. you're, 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 you're imposing yourself on his consciousness. Right. You're in his head. The plane doesn't matter. The helicopter doesn't matter. The mode of transportation doesn't matter. It's like the, the sentiment that matters. Right. So the next step was to try to create those visuals. So how do you do that? Um, you use the tool. You go to the toolbox. So on my toolbox, I had a drone. And... I've been watching the drone technology for a long time, waiting for it to get mature enough. And then finally, at the end of last year, um, I felt that it reached a level where I could invest in it. And, and so I bought the, uh, the Inspire One to try to, to get some, some visuals with it. And so back then, so I, I probably got it at the end of 2014 and just start playing with it playing with it and posting a whole bunch of videos on the web and doing stuff that quite frankly was hella risky because that you know that drone is not a, the drone's not a cheap toy this you know? is a, this is inspire one from dji yeah okay. so it's like it's not a cheap toy so i'm just playing with it and doing some risky stuff because for me i'm just having fun you know so I was doing stuff that's illegal to do now, <laughs> you know, because back then it was kind of a gray area. Now it's pretty cut and dry stuff. I was doing. If anyone sees the videos that I saw, I just wanted to say it was done before a lot of the laws happened. <laughs> this was done over a year plus ago. So. Um, so, yeah, like I just got the drone and start playing with it because I didn't want it to be a drone shot. I wanted it to simulate flight. Because I don't want people to say, oh, it's a drone. Right, right. Even though there's going to be some people that it's say strange. that. It's strange. There's like a negative connotation to it now. Well, because yeah. you're using the word drone. Mm. And we all know what drones are used for. Got so it. it's, it's, yeah, anyway. 
Okay, good. So you took some shots with drones, right? Yeah, so I spent about a few months, or I don't know, probably a few months to six months, seven months, just playing with trying to get a drone to look like it's flying through the air. Mm. And there are a lot of problems with that. One, airplanes move a lot faster than the drone. Mm. This drone goes around 50 miles an hour. Airplanes, you're going 50, you're, 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 you're basically landing. Mm. Or stop! Like that's even no, slower even worse. than it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's slower than what you would do to land. So, um, so yeah, so it's slow. So you have to relative if you if you're seeing anything on the ground like uh, cars or people or anything like that, it's not moving as fast as you would as if you're flying. So there's that problem. Then second problem is trying to make it smooth because um, when you're flying. Any, it's, it's like being in a boat. I don't know if you've been in a small airplane, but it's like being in a boat. So there's no like quick jerky turns. It's more like smooth turns. So that's the, the, the feel that I was going for was trying to make it smooth shots. So, so let me interject really quick on the smooth shot stuff, because I know these drones have, you know, these uh, stabilization, uh, the, the g- gimbal mechanism, right? So whether there's turbulence or wind or something of that nature, you know, the camera is fixated on a position in space. So it it seems to me, and I don't know anything, that the smoothness would be built in. There is some some smoothness built in from the gimbal stabilization of the camera. But what you'll find in a lot of drone shots is that the operator will turn quickly. And so the whole unit will turn. And you'll see these like very quick turns of the camera mm-hmm. that just kind of are unnerving in a way that you don't really see in a helicopter type shot. And it's just the operator just turning the camera and the input is so quick and it's so light and small that it's just, it just turns really quickly. Completely unnatural. It's, yeah, yes. it's completely unnatural, particularly if you're flying. So I needed to figure out a way to, to get rid of that type of stuff. And basically what it just meant was just doing long takes and just flying and having a, a drone that was capable of covering a long distance. So, so the Inspire will go over a mile. So a lot of the shots, you know, are long shots and you just kind of keep the camera in one position. And even if you are moving it, you just keep the camera fixed in one place and then you can move the drone independently of the camera. And so that was uh, the strategy employed in trying to, to, to simulate flight with, the, uh, with Inspire. And then you just get to a place where you don't really see a lot of the ground. So you, so you can tell that it, I mean, some of the shots I sped up in the, uh, in the piece, but just trying to get to, so you can't really see a lot of cars or people on the ground. So you can tell it's moving slower. I don't know. I don't know if people really notice that, but I do. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, that, that, that's the difference, you know. That's the difference whether you whether you can see the subtleties or, or not. Yeah. Expertise versus non-expertise. Yeah. But you brought up something that's interesting that maybe you can clarify is speeding up the shot. So before you talked about drones only traveling 50 miles per hour max, right? And that's not realistic if you're in an actual airplane or helicopter or whatever. Um, so naturally the question comes into my brain is like, Hey, can't you just speed it up? Yeah, you can speed it up, but if you speed it up, what happens is the people on the ground start 
moving like the flash perfect and understand you know, and there's only one there's only one flash yeah but there's not 100 flashes got it so you could tell <laughs> beautiful got it understood um so what else what else is there in the in the in the teaser that's interesting for people um it's all such organic and a part of what i do that it's it's difficult to deconstruct sometimes. It takes a lot of energy for me to deconstruct. Well, 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 well let, me, let me hopefully help you out a little bit because I'm coming at it from the vantage point of an amateur, obviously. Or not even an amateur. I don't even do this stuff. I'm curious as to how long does it take to do something like this? You know, how many shots did you take? You know, how, how long was the editing process? How long was the storyline process for just the teaser in itself and what you wanted to communicate in the teaser? Uh, I don't know. Expound on that. It's like, how long does it take from, hey, I'm going to do a teaser to I've now published a teaser? So um, the, the teaser script, I, have, I must have made like five or six because they all came from the script for the film. So I kind of already knew I wanted to portray the theme of the film, which is escaping or which is persevering through life through flight, that I knew that from jump, that was gonna be the theme of the trailer. I decided against doing a traditional trailer where you get the plot in the film because I just didn't know who my actors are gonna be, et cetera, et cetera. And then I just felt like I wanted to know that, if not just for myself, to try to see if the idea even worked. So, so, so that part was quick. And then the trying, because I shot everything in the trailer, just uh, trying to pull that off with the drone shots. There's also some helicopter shots in there. And then there's also some plane to plane filming shots in the trailer, too. So, like, just uh, trying to, uh, to learn to be able to pull that off took a long time, probably took six or seven months. OK, just to kind of get good enough to be able to pull it off. And then ultimately what you see, most of those shots were just my practicing with the drone. I didn't really go out to say this is the type of shot that I wanted, with the exception of the shot of the courthouse in Compton. Everything else was kind of just my practice. So then from your library of shots, you just picked and choose? Right. I just picked and choose. Got it. From all the months of shooting in Compton. You said plane to plane and also some helicopter shots. Yeah. So some, what, what's up with the helicopter? You just rent a helicopter? Yeah. Just you go just there? rent a helicopter. Oh, okay. And then you just... <laughs> shoot from the uh you take the door off the helicopter and you just hang out the window and shoot and i know there's a story behind the helicopter stuff a like story? like how did can i just call somebody up and say hey listen i want to sh take some shots out of a helicopter yes how can. much <laughs> you know and, and then go from there yeah you could do that it's just that easy you just call up call up a helicopter company and say hey i want to do some photography from the sky and they hook it up. So so that's what I did. What's that? A thousand dollars? It's it, it, it depends on how long you're gonna be. Helicopters take a lot of energy to operate because you can't really take advantage of gliding. Mm -hmm. So so helicopters are extremely expensive. So you can go up for like a few hundred bucks for like thirty minutes. Okay, perfect. And they yeah. obviously knew what you were there for, blah yeah, blah blah. Yeah. So I just rented the helicopter. Uh, they strapped me in, took the door off, and then I hung out the window with the 7D and just filmed from from the outside of the door. Fantastic. Now, yeah. on to the airplane to airplane. What's up there? The airplane to airplane. And you know, I should really have Donovan 
we need to do a podcast with Donovan. Donovan is uh, the pilot who's, who's doing all the flying for the film. And he is a, a military pilot, ex-military pilot. So to get the air-to-air stuff, it's, it's extremely dangerous because you have two airplanes flying extremely close to one another. So Donovan, being in the military, knows how to fly uh, in formation. And then with other pilot who was flying the older plane, which was a BT-13, it's the same airplane that the Tuskegee Airmen used to train in. And it just so happens that in the film, uh, the flight instructor, Wilson, in the film owns these old Tuskegee Airmen planes. And there's a, a big story behind that. Um, but we have to have an experienced guy fly that, too, because you don't just want any pilot flying next to you in formation because one little mishap or miscommunication and, you know, planes collide and, you know, there could be death or people in, <laughs> of course, people in the plane and people below. But so. uh so just through me being a pilot and me working on the film, I met so many other pilots, so many other people who were willing to help me with this dream. So, uh, so yeah, I told them what I was doing. They're like, yeah, let's just go shoot it, plane to plane, and we'll practice it. So I shot all that stuff, too. And we just went up in a Cessna 170, and the BT was there, too. Uh, the, the, the guy flying the BT was a, a captain, or is a captain for Delta. So he had tens, tens of thousands of hours. And he also flies uh, the Mustangs and, and everything else. He flies. He used to fly acrobatics for the United States. I don't want to mention his name because I'm still don't know if he would be cool with that. But but yeah, he has a lot of experience. I'm gonna mention his name anyway. His name is Brad, <laughs> and he has a lot of experience flying and flying acrobatics. And so we just uh, we had, I asked him to help us out. And or through Donovan, I didn't know him. It was Donovan who asked him to help us out, and and he said yes. And so we did this, and I had you know professional pilots. Hey, so you got linked up with these gentlemen. I imagine when you started pursuing your own uh, piloting license, how did you get linked up with these guys? Because you know I'm just putting myself in in an amateur or aspiring filmmaker's shoes and saying that's great. Well, I don't know anybody who's a captain. I don't know anybody who's a ex-military pilot. You know, how do I get hooked up or linked up with these people? Well, for me, it was it happened because I'd already had a cut of the of the trailer, pitch trailer, and um, I was through the process of trying to 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 get that done. Because at the end of the pitch trailer, you hear the AWOS for Compton Airport. It says Compton Woodley Airport, and then it just gives uh, the the do and temperature information and and uh, altimeter settings but so uh i was going to try to record that and then i needed to record it i wanted to record it from the avionics of an airplane so uh it was when i was i hired the helicopter going through all that process then he hooked me up with the plane owner so i can go record the avionics and then i I already had a cut of the teaser by then so that i just start showing it off and these are airplane guys i'm a, a newbie airplane guy so they knew what I was, was trying to do and they just supported it. Mm-hmm. And after that, like they just opened up resources to me mm-hmm. because they believed in, in, in the project and what it is I was trying to do. And they saw the results of, of it. So they just agreed to help. Beautiful. Hey, so you just have to be outgoing. You have to get out there and just start doing stuff. You just have then, to do. Then doors start swinging open. Yeah, you just have to do. And if, and if you do and you're humble and 
then people will help you. I think people generally just want to help. So, yeah, so that I just start shooting stuff with the drone. And it's funny because I had a guy uh, from USC come over yesterday, Cheeks. His name is Cheeks, and uh, he's doing some stuff, working on the film. What's and, up, Cheeks? <laughs> What's up, Cheeks? And uh, and he, uh, I told him I had all this drone stuff because this was just practicing for me, right? I never planned to use any of it. So uh, so he came over and just picked some drone stuff and took it, and <laughs> because I didn't, I it was just practice for me. Yeah. So, whatever. Good old good old Cheeks. Uh, Hey, so, all right. So, teaser trailer, we're deconstructing this baby. Yeah. Okay. So, so we talked about the music. We talked about the visuals, uh, aerials. What else is there? The editing. Yeah. How do you stitch it together? Yeah. So, I, I, I made the jump to Premiere. I was using Final Cut Pro at first. So, this is for a, the longest. Adobe Premiere, right? This is Adobe Premiere. So Adobe Premiere was a dog back in the day, well, but not anymore. You mofo, you told me to get to Final Cut Pro. Now I'm stuck on Final Cut Pro and I should be on <laughs> Adobe Premiere. <laughs> no, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Adobe Premiere is what you're using. Yeah, cool. so I use Adobe Premiere. This was like the, I think this was the first thing I cut on Premiere. Hmm. But, uh, but anyway, that's just a tool, man. But the art about the editing was... You know, this this cut like drives one of my mentors crazy because the way I edit it, I start out editing on the beat and then I skip beats and do some offbeat edits and then I come back on beat some places and then go back off beat. And what that means is whenever you have music, the any anything you see visually in film have has beats in it. So it like it's like music. You're talking about like four four, that sort of stuff? Yeah, like a measure and a, and a place where you expect the edit to happen. Okay. Once you start seeing it for a while, just like with music, once you hear it for a while, like the first few seconds, then you kind of know how everything is going to gonna yeah. lay out. Yeah. Uh, same thing with a film. When you see something on TV or something, they, they establish that pattern. Yeah. And, you know, our brains are meant to recognize patterns mm -hmm. and to predict based on patterns. So you, you start filling in exactly where these cuts are going to happen. So you get to to my project and you see how the cuts are going, then you expect it at a certain place. And then I, I at some points I don't cut there. Mm. I cut later. And why I did that? I don't really know. It just felt right. I don't think it was like a. It was like something that I thought about. I just kept looking at it and decided I want to uh, cut a different place. And maybe it was because there's so many like aerial shots that after a while it starts feeling redundant and it starts getting boring. So a way to get the audience to pay attention again is to cut off beat because it's like, whoa, I didn't expect this, what's mm -hmm. going on? And mm -hmm. kind of keeps your interest a little bit. So maybe it was that. Maybe I was subconsciously editing because of that, changing it up because of that. No, but it's got to be a technique that a lot of filmmakers use, right? Yeah. So, and I know a lot of uh, musicians use this too, right? Yeah. They go offbeat as well. Right. Okay. So to intellectualize it, um, there's whenever you want to heighten a portion of the film or the music, you change something to draw attention to a certain point in the narrative or in the story. So that's why you would do something like that. So what I'm saying is I didn't consciously 
do it for that reason, but it just happened because I'm just looking at it and I'm losing interest and I wanted to get the audience's attention back. So I didn't necessarily plan it out, but it just, I, I just happened. This I think this comes with experience yeah, and, and with mastery. Yeah, you know, it does. It does. You, you just, you, you develop a feel for the product you feel you develop a feel for what's actually happening or what needs to happen um and that's something i think maybe you can expound that gets developed once you you evolve beyond just being a mere technician which is kind of like why you're opposed to talking about the technical stuff you know yeah because i don't the technical stuff you know you may read a book or something like that and it says hey these are the standard practices and if you want to go off beat or something you can do that too but unless you have like a lot of experience it just seems like it won't work unless you have that experience if you want to build a house okay and you have a toolbox there and you take and you go open the toolbox and you lay out all the tools on the uh, on the table. And a lot of times, what you see with 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 uh, beginning filmmakers is that you'll see people oogling and ogling over the hammer or all the the stuff in the toolbox. When all those are tools, that's not the house. That's just the tools. So. I mean, you go talk to someone who's in building, they're going to geek off the tools too. Like, yeah, this such and such is, you know, the best nail gun you can get. <laughs> you know, yeah. people would geek off that. And, but that's not what's going to make, the architect's not going to be necessarily geeking off, off of the, the, the nail gun. He may be able to appreciate why people geek off the nail gun, but that's not going to be his focus. His focus is on the blueprint for the house. So to me, I don't like to talk about the technical stuff because I'd rather focus on the blueprint for the house. No, completely understood, Argo. Complete, and I'm coming from an area which is the same thing, you know? And I think people have been doing a certain trade or art for a very long time can appreciate the same thing. You know, it's not about the tools. It's not about the procedure. It's not about the lessons in the textbook. You know, it's about, you know, being able to convey that that humanity to it all. And I think it's just tough to convey the humanity of it all. And if you don't have, you know, the 10,000 hours behind it, you, know, you have to put in the work first. But I think that's something that's fascinating is that. Yeah, it's just great. It's great that you're able to go ahead and say, hey, listen, this teaser trailer, these were the tools that were used, but there's so much more to it than that. Yeah, there's a lot more to it. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot more to it. And that stuff is, is, is way more interesting. And it makes me excited that people are responding to it because I, um, it just gives me more confidence about the entire film because that's just such a small part of it. Yeah. And to see the response that it's gotten is is just uh, it's exciting. Hey, so okay, so this next question couples both those things that we're talking about: mm -hmm. the technician side mm -hmm. and the art slash philosophy slash human emotion side. So the teaser trailer is under two minutes, right? Yeah. Why under two minutes? 
like how long is it and and why was it that long i think it's like a minute just over a minute maybe a minute 20 or something like that um because that's just how long it had to it, it needed to be i wanted to just hit you with it and then whet your appetite and then and leave you wanting more Perfect. And it does the same job. How long is a usual trailer? Is there a difference between a teaser and a trailer? There is a difference between a teaser and a trailer. A teaser, like what I just did, te- is a tease. Mm. You know, mm. a trailer kind of gives you a little bit of the plot. And I have the opportunity of, for a different project, of meeting with the trailer editor. And when I was working on Legalize Me trailer. So he, from him, I learned how to cut a trailer. Mm. Because I he, he 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 we had a meeting and he told me this is how you cut a trailer, and I made a blog post about that. I'll link to it. But um, but this one I decided not to do that because I just wanted to leave you with that theme and that mood because that's the essence of the story and the idea and what's important to me about why I made it. So I wanted people to get that above the mechanics of the plot. Mm-hmm. So you inject a little bit of the plot in a trailer. In a and teaser, it's just the theme, the the thirty thousand foot level. Right. This is what's happening. Right. Because I feel like the film, that's why I made it was because of the theme, and I want people to want to see it for the same reason. I want people to want to make it with me for the same reason, mm-hmm. and I didn't want them to get all too attached to the the plot per se Got it. even though there's a plot there's a script everything all that's already done but i wanted people to get attracted to the theme because if i know if they watch it and they're attracted to the theme then we're on the same page yeah, the message it's all yeah. about the message i want to convey this message message to the world right are you with me or you're not with me right you know don't worry about how the actual story gets laid out to the audience this is the message this right is the ultimate message right because because just think if you're if you're going into a meeting and you guys are already agreeing on why it is that we want to make this film, all the other stuff is just work. Yeah. Hey, so let me ask you this. As a moviegoer, obviously, and I see the trailers of all these upcoming movies, do those upcoming movies, they have a teaser themselves in the very early stages of, you know, pitching this stuff i imagine the script comes first right and then maybe a teaser comes next and then a trailer and then the actual film is that how the mechanics are yeah that's how it works i mean i don't think every film is is the same but uh for star wars they had a bunch of teasers mm. that were out were the were the teasers cut from the actual film already they, or or were they cut previous to production probably from the actual film okay yeah so once you have like a studio backing you up, there's that little distinction, right? You make a teaser from the actual yeah, production from the actual itself. Footage. The only and, reason, and, and this is a little bit different. Yeah, this is different because when you're trying to get a movie made, everybody shoots stuff nowadays, though. Mm. But I don't, I don't know that they use that later. I mean, once the movie's done, you shoot you use stuff from what you shot. Got In it. this case, uh, maybe we'll use this later. Once it's time to release the film, maybe we won't. I, I still like it. It's good. So maybe we will still use it. Beautiful. Hopefully we will. Um, there's one other thing that uh, that we could talk about with the trailer, and that's the voiceover. Uh, the initial cuts of the trailer was my voice. 
and then um and then i just let some people hear it and they thought we could have a, a different voice that sounded better and then the other thing was i didn't want to distract people who know me and know what my voice sounds like to to be taken out of it because they say oh that's arvell so i had to find a voiceover artist so i had um a friend of mine kimberly who's a voiceover artist herself she uh she reached out to her friends and started sending me audition tapes for a voiceover artist and then i just picked one and then uh we had a little session over the phone so he had the script and then called me up he was in the studio at the same time and he just started saying the script and we did a few takes and then uh then he emailed me and i cut it in so that's how the voiceover came and I, with, with the voiceover, what I was really looking for was someone who had like an innocence in their voice uh, because that was an important thing to portray. It's a younger character. And I wanted there to be, I wanted him to sound like, like from the area, from, from that element, from that hardness, but also have an innocence. Mm. So that's, that was the voice quality that I was going for. And uh, Kabir is the one who did the voiceover and, and it sounds good to me. Sounds good to me too. Yeah. Any so. other any other any other thoughts on the trailer? We that maybe give us a little recap. What have we talked about? We talked about scoring the music. Yeah, we talked about the music. We talked about the visuals. We talked about the editing. Uh, we talked about the voiceover. We talked about the aerials. Try, talked about like how to get a drone to act like an airplane. Uh, yeah, uh, I think the follow up to this will be. I want Donovan to come in and talk to talk about aerials and talk about how he planned out that the air to air stuff. Cause it was before we went out and shot that it was like a military briefing. Mm. <laughs> no bullshit. Mm. It was a military briefing cause it's dangerous. Yeah. And so you have to keep into account the, the different airspace, uh, over Compton. Compton has its own airspace. It's uncontrolled airspace. So you have to always be on the radio telling people what you're doing and where you're at. And then in terms of, the other airports you have uh, class b airspace at lax you have uh, uh I believe it's class d at long beach so we're on the border of all these different airspaces orbiting the compton courthouse at about 1500 feet and it's funny i have a funny story about that because uh i mentioned on instagram mm. that and facebook that uh that we we're shooting and one of my friends who's a lawyer happened to be at the compton the Compton uh, courthouse that day and he uh, looked up into the sky and he saw because we were or we were opening the car the, the courthouse for like an hour <laughs> and and then when I get back and I look at my phone he's like were you just uh orbiting uh the, the, are you flying over Compton because I see two airplanes and they're flying close together and they keep circling I was like and he was thinking yeah I know that's gotta be our bell so uh so yeah it's just a funny story that 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 people saw us actually filming from the ground so weird man hey the backstory that's what we're here for that's what the the podcast is all about yeah so next time we'll get donovan we'll talk to him maybe we'll get you in an airplane so you can go Ooh, flying with shit. us <laughs> we'll tell your we'll tell your brother your mom to take out extra insurance policy no, on you. man i gotta write i gotta <laughs> write my will man <laughs> but um but yeah it'll be good to hear from his perspective what kind of the considerations he had for it what kind of stuff to prepare for and then you know we'll go from there talk about some flying because he has a wealth of experience he's landed on aircraft carriers stuff like that <laughs> like hardcore 
flying stuff. So, so I'm in good hands, right? You're in I good can, hands. Uh, and, right. and he's also the guy who uh, taught me how to do the, the aerobatics. Oh, I don't want any aerobatics, dude. <laughs> all right, all right, guys. I, I think unless you have something else to say, I think that'll that's a good episode right here. So um, tell us again where we can find you. Yeah, we'll wrap it at that. I'm at uh, ComptonTakesFlight.com. Uh, yeah, go to the website, sign up for the blog there, uh, sign up for the podcast, and let us know what you think. Because, again, uh, we want to make this interesting for you guys. It's for you. So just let me know what you found interesting about the talk and what you want to hear in future talks. Fantastic. And you have links to your Twitter and Facebook, everything on ComptonTakesFlight.com. Yes, sir. Perfect. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye.